Man, I just love what Corey said. Corey just does such an incredible job of very precisely explaining things and allowing us to just have opportunity to enter in to what the Lord's doing. And I just love that about Corey and our team. And it's just such a gift. I love to honor that. Um, man, I honor the Lord for that because he sent people here, you know, that come along and partner with what the vision and the purpose is. That's just the Lord. That's, that's the good shepherd. That just lets me roll right into what I'm talking about. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, so you guys know that last week Aaron talked about Psalm 23. And as usual, he always takes my ideas and my plans. And so he really kind of put me in a kink. Um, I just, I felt like the Lord wanted me to stay on Psalm 23. But I'm like, oh my gosh, he did such a good job. What, what else could I say? And so I spent like the first half of the week like, well, he already said that. He already talked about that. But then I was like, what, Lord, what do you want me to hit on? What are we going deeper in in this? And so, anyways, it just kind of stopped me at, at the beginning of it, but we will talk about all of it. And so um, that's what we're going to just do today is just do it, go into Psalm um, 23. Um, is that okay? I hope you guys don't get bored. Can we not get bored with that, ver with that whole chapter? I don't think. Even though there's six verses of it, it's like... I think we could continue on and on. So all that to say, so here's what I did. I went through and I like, because this is the teacher in me, I like to do real teachery things that make things like easy and organized and da, da, da. And so I went through and I printed out Psalm 23 in every um, translation, not every translation, but like six or seven different translations that I typically read from. And so I did that. And I printed it out and I just started reading through each translation. And I was just like waiting on the Lord just to like, like pop something out you know like because for me I want to know what's on his heart and I want to know what's on his heart for you guys this morning right because he could have something on his heart that's just for me or maybe you read it and there's something on his heart that's just for you but but this morning my hope is that it's just it's it's a word for not just me but for all of us in here this morning because he knew you would be here I would be here and this would be this dynamic and all that good stuff so we just trust him and so anyways I start going through all these different um versions of it, and I kind of landed on the message version, but I'm going to like kind of hit on all different ones. In fact, I think I even asked Devin to put up the NIV, so that's the one kind of I'll skip from, but I do want to read the message version this morning, and so Psalm 23, it says, God my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. And the thing about what happened in our worship time this morning and when when we're talking about the glory coming and and I it's like sometimes like I I'm like 
I kind of get to this point where I'm like, why? What's, what's the, what's the holdup? What's the hindrance? What, what is happening? And I don't know all the answers to that. I have been in rooms and spaces where the, like Corey said, the glory has come so thick and so heavy that you literally are on the floor and you cannot move. In my mind, I'm like, I think I want to get up now. I think I want to get up. And I just, I can't move. And so I've been in times like that. And one of the things that's highlighted to me in those moments, and I think back, I'm like, why, what was different in that situation or this dynamic? One thing that's really, really speaks to me and is highlighted to me is that the level of hunger in the room, the level of hunger, okay? So the Lord feeds us when we're hungry. But if we come in and we're like, I have everything I need. I don't need any more. I'm not, I'm not anticipating this. I don't know that I even want to do that. Why would he pour out something on you if you're coming in as if you're full, right? It's the hunger for the more. It's the desire that's in us that, that allows us to be hungry. Every single Sunday that I walk in here, I am so hungry for a glory moment. I just so deeply desire for the room to feel the whole entire heavy, weighty presence of God. And I just wait and I wait. And you know what? It may not be the whole room, but he's feeling me. I'm feeling it because I'm coming in hungry. And so that kind of rolls back into this whole Psalm 23 thing and looking at the start of it in verse one. And so my question for you, this is just, this is just so beautiful, is, ha, and you don't have to answer me. This is answer in your mind to yourself. Have you come to receive something? Have you come to receive something? Have you, do you realize that you are actually a human that actually can't fulfill all your own needs? And it's only in him that we're ful fulfilled entirely, wholly fulfilled. And so the question is, have you come to receive something? Because obviously, I walked in here in the worst mood sometimes. You probably can see it on my face. Some of you that know me well are like, Ooh, she needs prayer. Like, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. um, and, and I've come in where I have actually prevented from myself from receiving from what he has for me. Man, come on. And so my question is, have you come to receive, then I, I like to write notes to myself so I don't forget to say things. Be honest. Did you? Or did you come because it's the right thing to do and you just want to check it off your list and you know you should. Oh, that's okay. Sometimes we come when we're not in the mood because we have a commitment and it's like our commitment we're fulfilling, but the Lord answers that. So being honest, do you have not only a desire to receive, but do you want to, do you even care or want to go deeper in the Lord? Do you, do you even care? Is that even important to you? And that is like some of us who've been in this for a really long time, we kind of, I mean, if I'm being honest, occasionally, I've, in the past, I've seen myself be, be like, I've heard this, I know this, I'm tired of it, you know? It's my lack of desiring to go deeper in him that prevents me. So really, that's another question we have to ask ourselves. Do I even want to go deeper? Like, do, is that in me? And then kind of along with that is, do I, wanna, do I want to grow in Christ? Do I want to grow as a believer? Do I want to grow in what all the Lord has for me? These are all questions that we have to like, ask ourselves. Because otherwise, sometimes we get into the pattern and habit of just showing up 
And we miss everything because we're not being intentional about the purpose and the hunger and the desire and the things that we're wanting from the Lord. Okay, so you answered all those questions in your head. You know the Holy Spirit's the one that convicts, not me. And so bring out your hands. We're just gonna pray. And so Lord, thank you this morning that you've brought each one of us here for a purpose. Lord, I ask in our honesty and as the Holy Spirit comes and brings conviction this morning that we would, we would be hungry that we would want to go deeper in you. We would desire to understand more of you, to know you better, to feel you, to know your heart, to hear your voice, to, I don't know, just get closer, just to draw so much nearer to you, Lord, that we would desire to grow and that we would not be satisfied. Man, Lord, that you would fulfill us this morning for what you have for us this morning, but that we're not satisfied because we know there's more of you and so that we would continue to eagerly search and seek and find that, Lord. So we honor you this morning. We thank you, um, Holy Spirit, for being with us and just for revealing things to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so there's that. Now, here's what I wanna do. Psalm 23, verse one. Now I'm going, I'm gonna hop to the NIV. Um, Don't judge me because I have these printed out and I also have them carefully highlighted in very good colors. Uh, 23 verse one, it says, in the NIV it says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And so I'm gonna pause. We're gonna pause right there just for a second. And this idea of, is he my shepherd? I have a feeling this is kind of like a self-eval situation this morning. This is an opportunity for you to ask yourselves a lot of questions because we read that and we fly right through it. In fact, I was talking. Steve and I were talking on Friday, and he gave uh, he got Aaron and I the book, this book right here, Psalm 23. And I start flipping through it and I go, "Oh, I'm going to read um, the part on chapter two. And he goes, "No, you have to read chapter one first. And in my mind, I'm like, I want to talk about I lack nothing, and, and so I just I don't I'm going to skip chapter one and go to two. And he's like, "No." have to read uh, chapter one first. And it hit me. Nothing else past verse one in, 23, in, in Psalm 23 matters a hill of beans if you don't understand and you don't recognize uh, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd. It is easy peasy to say, the Lord is my shepherd. He, yeah, he's the shepherd of my life. Yeah, that makes sense. He's God. That's so easy for us to say, and we fly right past it without actually asking ourselves, do we allow him to be master of our life? Do we actually trust that he has all of our needs met? Do we trust that he cares for us? Do, do, could we put on their blinders and just listen to his voice and we would trust everything he says for us to do without us actually being able to see to the right or to the left or to hear things or like to see our own things or you know like know it ourselves this is convicting I've shared with you in the past that like for me understanding faith I have to get past okay I have faith for xyz because in my mind I think I can I know what I need to do to get to xyz well, that's not faith. It's got to be something that can only be done by him without me putting my hands to it or my work to it or anything for me to control. And that's how we understand him as our shepherd. 
trusting. If, if, you, if, you had, if you had lost all control of everything in your body, you couldn't walk, you couldn't talk, you couldn't move, anything. It's like that whole feeling of um, having to let someone else do everything for you. Man, that is, is, a, is a choice. We have to be intentional to say, he is my shepherd. Yes, I get to come and partner with what he's doing in my life, but I trust that he has what's good for me, that he will provide for me, he will take care of me. And see what I mean? I think that's the, that, like, I kind of hate to move on because it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think that's like, that's your homework this week. Spend your week figuring out, is, have I allowed him to fully be my good shepherd? Have I allowed him every area and access to everything in my heart, in my life? Do I trust him with my kids? Do I trust him that he has them when they're not with me, when they're at school? Do I trust him that he has Chloe when she starts driving by herself in two weeks? I already told Tiana, I'm going to follow her to school. Tiana's like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> right? That's really, that's it. Do you trust him? Do you allow him access? Do you allow him to rule and reign in your life? And honestly, when we're going back to the glory thing, if I could say this, it's the idea of being undignified letting go and allowing him to move through you and in you and however he would like in moments like that. Those times when you have the thought of, I feel it, but I'm not doing it. That isn't necessarily, I mean, you guys, I love you. That's not necessarily allowing him to be the good shepherd in your life. That's you taking control of your response and not partnering with him and trusting him. Trust. So what if you fall on the floor and it look like a fish? I mean, if that person that you came with isn't your friend anymore because of that, were they really your friend to begin with? This feels like I'm having, you know, like it's, it's true. If you're concerned about others and what it might, how it might impact others or how it might look to others, then you aren't letting the good shepherd lead you fully. I'll add fully. We're not, we, you know, because some, some of us, it's like, you can have a little bit. So I do think that in the room here, we do let the shepherd lead, but fully, I guess, is what I should tack on to that, okay? So that's where I'm going to end with that. Do you give him authority? These are questions you need to, I think that the Lord is calling us to greater and deeper and higher spaces, and these are the questions we get to ask ourselves. Did you notice I say get to? Because you don't have to, but oh man, it's a privilege. It's so, so beautiful that we get to ask him this stuff. Okay, moving on. All right, so now this is the part I really wanted to touch on. It's the second part of verse one. And in, in the NIV, where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, then it goes on to say, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Okay, that's the NIV version. King James says, I shall not want. Message, I like what the message says. I don't need a thing. Amplified, I shall not want. And then ESV, it says, I shall not want. So these are all the different ways in which it's basically telling us with him, 
When you allow him to shepherd your life, when you allow him to rule and reign, he's your authority, no one else but him, you will want for nothing. You will lack in no area, no area at all whatsoever. Now, I, this kind of like messed with me this week because I was like, okay, there's needs, there's wants, there's desires. So is that saying that if I, if I have all that I need, that he's only meeting my needs and then I don't get the things that I want? Like, it kind of messed with me. Because then it also said, I shall not want. So then I was like, well, so then he's going to give me everything I want, but I don't know about my needs. I don't know. It just kind of was messing with me. Um, the more I studied and prayed into it, really what it amounts to is contentment. Because in him, we are so fulfilled that we receive a contentment that passes my desire for a new job, my desire for this, my desire for a new house, or my need. Honestly, I know this sounds bizarre, but it does surpass my, even some of my biggest needs. The Bible talks about people who had need, but yet at the same time, they're fulfilled because they have him. Does that make sense? There's a contentment when we understand that he shepherds us and that he cares for us. And in the contentment, we could actually still be hungry, but we would be content. Does that make sense? And I'm, I mean, honestly. And so it, in this sense of the word, it's talking about the idea that I lack for nothing. Man, I want to get to that place. I, I honestly want to get to that place because sometimes I find myself running myself so hard into the ground to make sure that all the, all the needs are met and all the wants are met, you know? It's like, I don't know. I'm even thinking about like making dinners. It's like, I can't even think about anything else. Like, what are we going to eat? What's for supper? What's in? There's nothing in the cabinet. Nah, nah, nah. I was like, I'm open in the same cabinet and there's a lot of stuff in there. You know? So, <laughs> contentment. And so that was kind of like, that's kind of where I want to like circle to is this idea of contentment. Okay, here's the thing. I'm reading a lot of books. Can we clap? Can you clap? Because I like, I never read. I'm so excited. I am reading a lot of books and I'm reading the Bible. That's also good. And, um, and so one of these books talks about, kind of explains this out in a, di a different sense. And it talks about as humans, as a human being, we are designed to have desires fulfilled. That's just how we're designed. And so we have this desire that needs to be fulfilled and we want to be fulfilled within us. But as a human, we, we I forget what the word is, but we basically we can't, there's no way we could fulfill all our desires. We could never do enough things and tack off the you know, to-do list to fulfill all those desires. We will still feel like there's one more thing I have to do. It's, it's like this perpetual like, circle, right? We have these desires, we gotta meet them. We have these desires, well that wasn't good enough now. Do -do 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 -do. Because of our human nature. And so because of that, it leaves us in this, this state of like restlessness. Have you... How many of you have ever went to bed and you've, you're like, oh, I feel really, I feel like I got a lot accomplished today, did all these things, I got this done, the girls got what they need, blah, blah, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, oh my gosh, tomorrow I need to and you're and here we are. We're going to bed in restlessness. We can't think, we can't, like we can't rest, I should say. We're just kind of like anxious. 
anxious, okay? And now here's the deal. That's where the promise comes back into play. Psalm 23, where he says, he is my shepherd. We have to determine that as a human being, we will never be able to meet all of our own needs, let alone the other humans in our life. That's how we, as parents, I think we need to hear that. I, I so badly want to make sure that they have all their needs and all their wants met. And, I, and hey, can you do this? And I'm always trying to like, because I love them. But I will never, because I'm human, I will never be able to, to fulfill that for them. But guess who can? The good shepherd. And if I could get a grip and, a, and an understanding fully on that, guess what happens? It allows me to enjoy the things that I can do for them. Because as it is right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta do this for you and that for you, and my attitude's crap. You know? It's weird, isn't it? Because my desire is good. I love them. I want to do for them. I want to help them. I want to nurture. But because of my, my limitations as a human, I can't do it all. And so then I get moody. And then I'm mad. I'm mad at myself. Dang it. I forgot to do that. Mom, did you get my sweater out of the dryer? Oh, dang it. I forgot. I'm sorry. Just this morning. Mom, did you bring my stuff out to the car like I asked? I was like, did you ask me that? I don't remember saying that, hearing that. She's like, yeah, you said you would. I'm like, oh. You know, because we're human. But then I don't have to walk in shame and guilt and all these things because I know that the good shepherd will provide and fulfill and sustain and answer all those needs and meet all those needs and da-da-da-da and da-da-da, all, all those things. Okay, moving on. Um, let's see, what do I want to say? Restlessness, I said that. Okay, so here's what this kind of moves into, and it's just a little topic that I'm going to tap into um, because Aaron mentioned last week the, the, for this year that we're going to really be hitting on worship as usual. Like, duh. We shouldn't even have to say that. You shouldn't know that. Worship, um, communion, and being at the table, and then this idea of Sabbath, right? And so as I was, as I, I start reading through Psalm 23, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if how the Sabbath is weaved, is that the right word? Weaved or woven into that chapter. So I started to read and think and break it down. And when we talk about this idea of Sabbath um, and the things that I've been reading and studying and stuff, there's a lot of what I've heard comes back to four, four main points in Sabbath. Now, here's what I want to say. There's going to be a lot more on this to come. We'll weave this in and out throughout the year and stuff. But I, wanted to th- I feel like the Lord wanted me to throw this idea out here to you guys today because when we hear Sabbath, it's like, I don't know, it could be scary, maybe, I don't know, or maybe you're like clueless, but um, either way, there's these four things about Sabbath that I want to hit on. This doesn't mean that's all that it is, right? And that doesn't, this is just, is just Nicole's favorite part so far, okay? There you go. I said it's just my favorite part, and you get to hear it. So these are the, the, four, the four points and the four ideas, and um, it's stop is the first part. Rest is the second, look at this, thank you. Stop, rest, delight, and then in worship. And so when I think about Sabbath, whether it's um, me taking a minute in a drive or whether it's me taking a whole day to Sabbath, these are the things that currently for me that I'm kind of like working through and I felt like the Lord highlighted that, all of that in Psalm 23. And so I'm gonna break it down for you. So stop, rest, delight, and worship. So if we think about stopping, stopping means stop 
thinking about work. Stop thinking about what you need to do next. Stop thinking about tomorrow. It doesn't mean like go brain dead, but it's this idea, like I said, we're perpetually like in our mind. It's this idea of stopping that. There'll be times when like the thought of what I need to do on Wednesday comes in. I'm like, we can't think about that right now. Because I don't know about you, but when you start to think about your plans and things ahead, maybe this is just me, but I start to get like, I start to get a little bit like, mm, do I have everything? I don't know what it is. But anyway, okay, so stop. If you look at verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Stop. Stop thinking about working. He provides. Stop thinking about your schedule. He provides. He gives you ways. The Holy Spirit comes along, and the next thing you know, what would have taken you 40 minutes takes you 10. And now you have all this time back, okay? So there's the stop. Stop. All, ha- all I have and all I need, all of those things and all my desires are in Him. And so because of that, I suddenly have this feeling that comes over me of contentment. Did you remember, like, maybe you were here a few weeks back or maybe a couple months ago. I have no idea when it was. But anyways, I told you about there how we had tried to spend a Saturday and I could not, I just, I forget what I said, but it was basically this idea, like, I just couldn't, like, I just couldn't be still. The, this is the Lord is working on me, teaching me how to stop and be content. Contentment. Man, ask yourself that, like, do I ever truly feel, like, contentment? Like, do I ever have a time where I feel content? Or is it dependent on me having to do something, be somewhere, be the boss at something, show up and do this at something, like perform somewhere? Like, are those the things that bring, like, content? And even then, am I really content? I don't know. And so then, as we recognize he's our shepherd and we lack nothing, all of a sudden, this contentment lands on us. And I do have a verse. Where did it go? Oh, oh, shoot. I forgot to print it out. Okay, hold on. I want to read a verse on contentment. Hebrews 13, 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Um, I think that some of us love money more than we realize and um, maybe it equals we worry about money more than we realize. That doesn't necessarily mean that you love money so much, but if you're worrying about it, then it has now taken a space in your life in replace of the good shepherd because we're worrying about the money. Where's my next this going to come from? What, how, what, how am I going to pay for this? How are we going to... Stop. Know that he is the good shepherd. Acknowledge him as the master in your life. Contentment comes in. And now we start to think, you know what? He will provide, and I'm content in that. And then what does it lean into? What was the next one? Rest. When we're content and we understand how to walk in contentment, It is such a beautiful thing to fully know how to rest. And here's the next thing that I'm learning. 
I have spent some days, as we've been kind of practicing this, where I've literally laid on the couch and slept all day. <laughs> don't judge. I don't care. I moved from the couch, then I moved to the floor, and then it's like I try to get up, go to the kitchen, and I'm just like, what? And I don't know. I think, I, I think my body is detoxing from continual, perpetual go 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 don't get me wrong i i have the personality i love to be on on the move i love to go i love to get out of the house i love to do things i love the the check off i love all that but it, it becomes a problem when i've now turned it into like i have to do all these things or else this because now he isn't the good shepherd i'm not operating in contentment and I can't rest. And so I actually think that those days when I'm napping like that, it's my body detoxing from complete and total exhaustion. And yes, it's needed. But at the same time, I think that this idea of rest goes even much more deep than just like my body's so physically tired I'm resting. Because on those days, I feel like I can't even, as my body's detoxing and I'm just like a sloth on the couch, um, it's really hard then for me to like start to move beyond just the physical tiredness and go into like the mental like, oh, I'm resting in my brain. And I'm like, I mean, you might think my, that I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, write down stop, rest, delight, and worship and just think about it this week. Okay, so there's the rest piece. I, I could say a lot more, but I, I'm just gonna keep going. All right, stop, rest, delight. Uh, where was I at? Okay, so we move into this idea of contentment. Now, the way in which I'm content means that my anxiousness goes. It's out the window. I no longer feel this. Have you ever been with anybody? And they're like. I, mean, I start getting a little nervous when I'm with them. I'm like, Aaron does that sometimes. And I just know that at that point, he's like way overwhelmed because he's. <laughs> and, and so this opportunity, this place where now, because of my contentment, my anxiousness is gone. I don't feel the jitters. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't think I, I need to say much more about it. But So the anxiousness is gone. But that aligns up with verse 2 and 3. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. There's the rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. When I read that, all I think of is just peace and calm and rest. And I know that the way we live our lives makes us sit in here and think, that could never happen, that's all fake. Honestly, no. I really believe, I'm not saying I'm there yet, so I'm still in process with all this. I really think that there is a place the Lord has for all of us that we could actually feel like we are in the sunshine and rainbows. And we're just like, and you don't have a care in the world, and you're free as a bee, and you're just like, you know? Verse three says, he refreshes my soul. And, and as you study deeper into that, that really addresses like that anxiousness piece, the anxiousness in our soul that we like walk through day to day to day to day to day. Next thing, next thing, in my soul. I'm, une I'm uneasy, I'm uncertain, I don't know, the Lord, like, hmm, what are they doing? What are they talking about? All that stuff. He refreshes your soul. He's the one that gives you the understanding of it. He's the one that pours himself out. When we're singing, come like wind, come like rain, come like fire, come like oil. One thought that goes through my head is, do these people even understand why we're saying this? Well, that's 
sorry, Lord, that's not allowing you to be the good shepherd. <laughs> uh, so these are the things we want him to do. And that's what it means when it says, refreshes my soul. He comes in with his power, with his goodness, with his refreshing. He frees us from anxiousness, worry, concern. He refreshes our soul. Okay, I'm passionate about this. I could keep going, so I'm gonna just keep moving. Still in verse three, it says, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. This is when we move into delight. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then this part here in verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, when we stop, stop thinking about work, stop, stop. No, well, first of all, you gotta stop working. And then this is the part that got me. You gotta stop thinking about working. Those are two different things. Okay, then you're content, the anxiousness goes, you've learned how to rest. Now, it's this amazing, beautiful, supernatural thing that as you start to rest, the next thing you know, your brain clears out and all of a sudden you start to notice things you never noticed before. The sky is blue, isn't that pretty? I'm serious, think about it. Your brain opens up to allow you to see things that then cause you automatic response is to delight in who he is oh my gosh it could be snowing for three days but in your rest and contentment and lack of anxiousness in your soul we walk out into our like our back woods and all of a sudden we're like look at the beautiful ice on the branches and all of a sudden next thing I know what do I do I start to worship So this part about the table, as I was setting it out a little bit, there's a verse, um, Psalms 104:15, and it says, "Wine that gladdens human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread that sustains their hearts." And all of that talking about this idea of being at the table. So if we stopped we're resting and when he says here you prepare a table before me at the table what he provides us is gladdening in our heart delight start to delight oil to make our faces shine and I believe that's why we can sit at the table with our enemies because there's something about us and all of a sudden their hearts start to pivot. And then bread that sustains our heart. Man, in our delight, he's feeding us, fueling us. Like, oh, I start to think and delight in the Lord. My heart starts to feel full. It's so good, it's so good. And then automatically, without even thinking, it's worship time. I automatically want to start just like worshiping him. And that doesn't mean I'm singing a song. It just means, Lord, you're good. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for ice on the branches. Thank you. Like, you start to see things you never recognized before that's only because of him. You start to see your kids differently. You're like, oh, 
You're amazing. You start to see your spouse differently. Friends. Friends that annoyed you, suddenly you have this capacity to just, wow, love them. Delight in that the Lord has even brought them into your lives. And then it just turns into like the only thing, only way we can respond is in worship. Honoring him and acknowledging him, thanking him, praising him. It just goes straight into that worship. And then in um, verse five, sorry, I didn't say it. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. But then in verse six, this ties up this piece for worship. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. That's the worship piece. When I'm in his presence, to me, I mean, I know house of the Lord could also refer to like here. But I'm not gonna be dwelling in this building forever. I'm talking about dwelling in his presence forever, in heaven forever. I worship. It is the thing that comes out of me. Now, if you show up here and you're exhausted, you're anxious, you don't feel content, how in the world when Lydia and Corey or me or Emily are up here saying, come on, worship the Lord, it's really hard to do. And it's really hard to do out of your heart. I get that. And so that's why I'm, I'm bringing this out today. I just think like the Lord in Psalm 23, I mean, there's so much in there. But man, this opportunity that we have to learn how to stop, even if 10 minutes before you come in. I know, I, have, I bring these people with me. I know what it's like and how it can be really annoying. And I know what, like, you know, might have happened yesterday or what text you might have received before you walked in or whatever. I, I know, but I'm just saying, operating out of the stopping, taking a minute to allow yourself to rest, find contentment, know that you walk in him, and delight, even as you're walking up, thank you, Lord, for upper room. I guarantee you that the next moment that the, like, piano plays or whatever, all of a sudden you're like, Phew. You're instantly, your worship becomes more natural. It's not forced. It's not fake. It's not like, how much longer? Because our hearts are resting in him. We are allowing him to rule and reign in our lives. Why would we want anything else to rule and reign in our life? Why? It fails. It fails. People fail. Everything else, everything else fails. And even when I say fails, I guess the other thing I should say is it will never, you will never feel fulfilled because of what I said. As humans, we can never, no one else, nothing else could ever fulfill us the way he does. And we will always have that like discontent, that restlessness within us because we've not allowed him to rule and reign. Okay, I could go on and on. I honestly don't know how to end. I think this was just some good nuggets. And I hope that you wrote things down. And I want you to go this week and I want you to like think about it. I really, I'm telling you to do it, okay? But you know, it's up to you. But here's what I do, I think this is what we'll do. Let's, um, I'm sorry, I apologize in advance for the uncomfortable people who don't like to talk to other people. But 
we're going to partner up or get in a small group or just like maybe three or four people, whatever you do, maybe it's just your family, whomever you're with, I just want you to pray for each other. Encourage each other. Um, and, just, and just pray that the Lord would come in and just help each one of us to like stop. It's gonna feel weird. It's gonna feel like, but if I did that, then I'll have more time. No, just stop, okay? Stop just, I don't know, whatever. I don't care. Just pray. Pray for each other. I'll give you a couple minutes. So make sure that everybody has somebody to pray with, okay? Um, do you want to play music maybe? Or I don't know. I have to.
All right, you have 30 seconds. Awesome. As you wrap up, would you just stand? Would you just stand? Is it okay if I read a little excerpt from this book? I thought it was just a beautiful picture of um, this contentment and allowing the shepherd to rule and reign. Um, Okay, I once owned an, a lamb whose conduct exactly typified this sort of person. She was one of the most attractive sheep that ever belonged to me. Her body was beautifully proportioned. She had a strong constitution and an excellent coat of wool. Her head was clean, alert, well set with bright eyes. She bore sturdy lambs that matured rapidly. But in spite of all these attractive attributes, she had one pronounced fault. She was restless, discontent, a fence crawler, so much so that I came to call her Mrs. Gadabout. This one produced more problems for me than almost all the rest of the flock combined. No matter what field or pasture the sheep were in, she would search all along the fences or shoreline, looking for a loophole so she could crawl through and start to feed on the other side. It was not that she lacked pasturage. My fields were my joy and delight. Oh, I read that, I was like, that's the Lord. He's like, my fields are my joy and my delight. No sheep in the district had better grazing. With Mrs. Gadabout, it was an ingrained habit. She was simply never contented with things as they were. Often, when she had forced her way through some such spot in a fence, page turn, hold on, or eh, found a way around the end of the wire at low tide on the beaches, she would end up feeding on bare brown burned up pasturage of a most inferior sort. That is so good. What a picture that the Lord provides us the best pasture to graze in. Everything he has to offer is the best. But because of our lack of allowing him to rule and reign, we continually, I say we, because we go to the edge and we think, what's over there? Maybe that's better. And it's not. It was burned up brown and always worse. Okay, let's pray. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that you commit to being the good shepherd of our lives, Lord. No matter how many times we try to hop the fence, you never leave us, you never forsake us. You are so good to us, such a good 
God, leader, guide, authority, provider, lover in our life. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just continually work on us. We just want to be students of you, understanding you more, turning our hearts to you more. Holy Spirit, would you just speak louder to us? Would you convict us heavier as we go about, Lord, this year? Whatever you're doing in this body through Psalm 23, through the idea of rest and and delighting in you and, and even in worship, Lord, what you're doing at the table, all those things. Thank you, Lord, for those who are here this morning, that you would have all of us be on this journey together. We love you. We honor you. And, and we just ask that everything that we've taken in today and we've received this morning is just sealed. It's sealed in our heart and our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. I love you guys. Have a wonderful week.